you have your Bibles, we want to turn tonight and uh, just one verse, and then I'll let you be seated tonight. Job chapter 5, Job 5 and 17. I always think this is a, when you read read Job, and you, you just never expect to hear some of these type of words that come out of Job's mouth. But he said, behold, happy. Job, if anybody had a reason to not be happy, if you, it could be him. But he said, behold, happy is the man whom God correcteth. And therefore despise not thou the chastening of the Almighty. And uh, so we're just going to stop right there. We'll pray for the lesson tonight. And I'll, I'll give the title in just a few minutes. Just we'll hold, hold off. I'll tell you when to put the title up. But let's just go ahead and pray for the lesson tonight. Ask God to speak to us in this place. Lord, we love you and praise you. Thank you for your presence. We thank you, God, that we can come and worship you and hear from your word. And we love you tonight, God. Just... Lord, feed our heart with this. Give us what we need, and we're going to praise you for it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise before you're seated tonight. The Lord's good. The Lord's good. Happy is the man. You know, as children of God, you know, we're letting our light shine. We're salt of the earth. We're examples, you know, vessels of the Lord, saints. You know, we, and we know we're human. We know we're not perfect, but we do, you know, try to make the best out of every situation. We, we, we try to see the good in things. We try to make sure that we're looking at the, cat, the cup half full and not half empty. But because we're like this, some people would... Uh, that would mock us and say, "Man, you guys are silly. You're you're happy to a fault." <laughs> and uh, you know, it's there's there's scriptures that we, the reason we are the way we are, maybe there's scripture that backs up our lifestyle. Something has happened in us when God uh, calls us out of darkness, when we're born again, when He fills us with His Spirit. There's there's a lot of things that come with that that God just downloads into us and uh, we have access to be happy at any time even in the strangest of situations or even in the worst of situations but you read uh, scriptures like James 1 and 2 he said my brethren count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations so we've used that many times encouraging one another lifting one another up and if you don't know the Lord, and if you don't have some kind of relationship with Him, uh, that'd make you want to smack somebody. Because I don't want to... Joy's not in the picture for a lot of people in the middle of tragedy, but for some it is. But then you read, uh, Peter wrote this, First Peter 3 and 14. Uh, in that scripture, he says, But, and if you suffer for righteousness' sake... Happy are ye. And then in the next uh, chapter, verse 14, he said, And if you be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye. In a real live situation, we see Acts chapter 5, verses 40 and 41. The apostles had been preaching in the name of Jesus. 
It says that the Jews called the apostles. They beat them, commanded them. They should not speak in the name of Jesus, and they let them go. So what did they do? They departed from the presence of the council rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. You know, when you, you read scriptures like these it's, and you see these lifestyles and, and we quote things like this and try to live like this, it's uh, no wonder that uh, the Lord said we would be a peculiar people because we don't often have the same reactions as a lot of people have. We don't have the reactions that people want us to have oftentimes, and that's a, that's a key uh, as well. But we're just looking unto Jesus, the Scripture says, who is the author and finisher of our faith, and it says, who for the joy. You know, there was joy in what he was doing, even though it was brutal. He knew that the joy was greater than the suffering. The joy was greater than the humiliation. It was greater than the shame. It was greater than the pain. What was coming what he could see on the other side of Calvary brought him joy. Now, Job had basically lost it all. Possessions, his, his flocks, his herds, uh, you know, servants, uh, his children, and then finally his health. So you think, how would a man like that say, behold, happy is the man? How can he be happy? He went ahead and he worshiped. He kept his integrity. He trusted God to the point of death. He said, even though he slayed me, yet will I trust him. So why would Job be able to do that? Why, why hang on like he did? You know, last week I preached about Noah as we were talking about when God is silent. And, and we're going to learn, uh, uh, just like we learned from Noah last week, we'll learn, I think we'll learn something from Job right here and get a glimpse into what made him the man that he was. Job said this later uh, in, his, in the book of Job in chapter 19, verses 25 through 27. He said, now this is with all that happened to him, everything he's going through. At this point, his friends are not giving him any good advice. He's already had a rough encounter with his wife. Uh, things are just not going good for Job as he sits in ashes with boils all over his body. But he said, for I know that my Redeemer liveth. And it doesn't matter what's going on in your world when you know that. I know he ain't a fairy tale. I know he's not a myth. I know he's not a crutch for me to lean on. I know that my Redeemer, he, and your Redeemer, somebody's going to redeem you, going to pull you out of something, going to, he's purchased you. He's, he's going to redeem the purchased possession, as we know one day in and he says, and I know that he's going to stand at the latter day upon the earth. And though after my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God, whom I shall see for myself, and my eyes shall behold, and not another, though my reins be consumed within me. And so when I read what Job wrote right here, it's where I'll... I'll uh, give our title and, and give this little insight is that no matter how bad the days were that Job had just been through, he knew there was another day coming. And that, that my friend, is that, you know, they say knowledge is power. And knowledge of that, knowing that this is not the end. It might be bad, but it ain't the end. It might be awful, but it ain't the end. It ain't over till God says it's over. 
No matter how it looks, no matter what's going on, uh, no matter how bad this day is, it could be the worst day of your life in, in your mind. It could, up to this point, you may have never experienced what you're experiencing right now, but there is another day coming. Job 14 and 1, he said, man that is born of a woman is a few days and full of trouble. Just, just a few days, really, your life is a vapor. In God's eyes, it's just a few days for us. But Job said, this little time we're here, full of trouble. Job knew this better than most, but he held on anyway. Because he knew that his God, his Redeemer, was alive. And the day was coming that he would see God for himself. Man, there's something that we can't explain. There's, that's where you get joy unspeakable. Maybe there's, there's some things that we just can't put in the words. We can't make people understand it sometimes. Job's wife couldn't understand why he was the way he was. And, and we can't either. But just when we have this knowledge that there's another day coming, what a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see. Come on, friend. And when I look upon his face, the one that saved me, come on, and when I see him one day, there's a blessed time that's coming, coming soon. We shall see the king when he comes. We know uh, these old songs that we used to sing and get excited about. And, and, and as we would sing these songs, and as we maybe still sing these songs, we, we'll sing it in the midst of trouble and in the midst of trials and tribulation because we know this can't be the way it ends. This just can't be the way it ends. There's going to be another day where I'm going to see God. There's going to be another day where I hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. When the apostle Paul wrote, he said, I finished my course. I kept the faith. I fought a good fight. I kept the faith. Uh, you read his letters and he'll uh, give you a long list of things he went through. Shipwrecks and beatings and stonings and and betrayals and, and weariness and fastings and all kind of things just in peril of his life all the time. And, and But he said, it didn't stop me because I knew there's another day coming. I wasn't going to let my worst day rob me of what will be my best day. I'm going to make sure that I uh, get this same kind of attitude that Job had that, that I know there's, a, there's another day coming. With boils on his body, he had shaved his head. He's sitting in the dust. His friends are just railing on him. His, his wife has kind of turned her back on him. He, he, he can't get comfort from his children. They're gone. He, he can't rely on his, on his possessions. They're gone. But, he, but he, Job realized something in the same way we realize is that we know that our joy, that our peace, our happiness is not tied to temporal stuff, but it's the eternal. Uh, our joy is rooted in the eternal. It's, it's rooted. The Bible says we don't uh, trust in the things that we see because they're temporary, but we do trust in the things we don't see because those things are eternal. And so Job knew that his days, bless you, that his days were full, were few and full of trouble, but it didn't mean, it didn't mean he loved the trouble. And see, that's where people, I think, kind of get off track with us is they think, you know, they think that we're rejoicing in days of trouble because we love trouble. Hey, you just want to be miserable. No, nobody. I don't want to be miserable. I don't want trouble. I don't want sickness. I don't want heartache. I don't want all those things. I just know they're coming. I know that's part of living on this earth. I know that my days are like a vapor, and they will be full of trouble. This world is full of trouble. This body, the Bible says it's corruptible flesh. Friend, that right there tells you, you're going to have trouble in your body. 
It might be just getting out of a chair. It might be your trouble. Uh, if I sit down too long, that's my trouble. Uh, you know, if I get down on the floor, it's a lot harder to get up than it used to be. If I were to dive or a softball now, they'd just have to pick me up and carry me off the field. Uh, I think everything in me would just break. But, uh, you know, it's so full of trouble. But Job held on anyway. You know, he, he didn't love trouble, but it didn't stop him. Trouble didn't stop him from loving and trusting his God. You know, we always we quote this uh, scripture a lot, Psalm 118 and 24, that this is the day which the Lord has made. And we will rejoice and be glad in it. Well, I might be glad in this day. It doesn't mean I'm glad for it. There's a difference. I can be glad in any day. and doesn't mean I'm glad for that day. I can be glad in the day that a loved one of mine takes their last breath on this earth. doesn't mean I'm glad for it. I'm sad. I'm heartbroken. I'm going to miss them. But I'm glad in it because I know there's another day coming. And that's why we can say things. Put that scripture back up for me, uh, sis. Uh, let's leave that there for a minute. That's why we can say this is the day which the Lord has made. We, we get that. This day. Whatever day it is, he made the sun rise and the sun set. Being full of trouble, that's just mankind. That's just life. That's just humanity. But I have a choice. Now, uh, if I know what Job knew, that my Redeemer liveth, that I'm going to see him one day. I'm going to see him for myself. He's going to stand on the earth. I'm not going to see anybody else. I'm not, I'm not worried about who else is going to be there. I'm going to see the Lord. Then, I can, then happy is the man. That's why Job could make those statements. But we realize that uh, how is it that you can be rejoicing right now? How can you be happy right now? I'm not happy for the trouble that came today. I'm just happy in the day because I realize there's another day coming. I'm not going to let any day rob me of the joy that the Lord gave me. Oh, we used to sing it, you know, the, the Lord gave it to me and the world can't take it away. This joy I've got, the Lord gave it, the world didn't give it, so the world can't take it away. You know, we, uh, we, we used to sing songs like that, and that's what that means is that I'm not letting anything, the worst day ever is not going to rob me of the joy of my salvation. It doesn't mean you can be heartbroken and still love Jesus. You can be heartbroken and still be full of the Holy Ghost. You can be heartbroken and sad and just uh, you can be so sick that you can't understand yourself and still lift your hands and praise God. Man, I've seen people on their deathbeds praising God, struggling for every breath. And with their breath, they're using it to praise God. It's because they're not happy for or glad about the, the, for the day the trouble, the sickness, but they're glad in it because they know that there's another day coming and that uh, this isn't how it ends. Whenever we close our eyes in this life, we just open them up in another. We step through the door to eternity, to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. And, and so, but some days we, we've got things going on and, and uh, you know, it's, uh, we, and so we quote this, hey, hey, this is the day. And people, again, when they don't know the Lord, when they don't have that relationship or that trust in God, when you quote this and make them want to slap you. Lost my job today. Man, this is the day that the Lord has made. <laughs> hey, backhand. I love you, but I'm about to hit you. Don't you say it. Don't even say it. They don't want you to even say it, but it's because they don't understand it. They think we're saying, hey, be glad about getting fired. 
No. I'm not happy I got fired. But this ain't the end. And, and this, you know, was you going to, uh, you know, ask God, could you check out and go go to your job in, through eternity? Say, hey, I really love my job. Could I just, you know, clock out every day from here and drift back down and work my job? And that job's going to end one day. But there's another day coming, an eternal day that we're looking for. And Job knew there's an eternal day coming. And, and while there's trouble here, there won't be trouble there. And so I'm not going to let anything that happens here keep me from getting there. And that's why I can say happy is the man. And that's why I can say uh, this is the day that the Lord has made. And I will rejoice. And I will be glad in it. I'm going to be glad in this day because I know this ain't the last day. This isn't all that God's got for me. His wife said, curse God and die. But he knew there was another day coming. And I don't want to give up. Job was like, look, I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to give in. I'm not going to quit on this very bad day because I know, foolish woman, there's another day coming. I wonder what she said when, to him. I wonder how she creeped up with that apology when she saw God turning around. Oh, uh, honey, I, I made your favorite dish. Can I rub your feet? Put some salve on them boils. What's going on? I don't know what she did. She, oh, look how God turned it around, woman. So, you know, but, uh, curse God. But when people don't understand, when they just don't have that trust, when they, when they just let things shake their world and take control of them, I've watched it happen. I've watched people lose out because of trouble. I've watched them turn their back on God because of trouble. I've watched them, because, well, if God really loved me, and then this wouldn't have happened. But, oh, my goodness, are you kidding me now? God's love doesn't shield any of us from the things that happen in life. It gets us through the things that happen in life. And so uh, Job said, there's another day coming. That's, uh, you know, here's what. You know, Noah, as I talked about last week, the, these figures that we read about in the Old Testament were often subjects of New Testament preaching. I mean, you find, you didn't just read about Noah in Genesis. You're going to read about him uh, in the letters that the, uh, in Hebrews, Peter wrote about him as well and different ones because they knew, they said, if we're going to make it through, we're going to go through, we're going to make it by the example of these men. And so Job was also a figure of preaching uh, in the scripture. In James 5 and 11, James wrote this. He said, Behold, we count them happy, there it is again, which endure. Now, endurance is not something that automatically, if we were doing word association, and I said endure, ain't nobody saying happy. If you're say you're going to be like hard, pain, suffering, you know, struggle. You know, the words that you think about with endure, because you don't have to endure things that make you happy. You enjoy things that make you happy. But he said, we count them happy that endure. Because what's the scripture say? For us to endure hardness as a good soldier. But then he, he goes on, he says, now, he's writing to us, and he says, you have heard of the patience of Job. You've heard of the patience of Job, and you have seen, you know the story, so he's telling them, you've seen the end 
of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful. He has, he has a lot of pity on his people, and he is of tender mercy. And so, in other words, Job was patient, and God was merciful. And because Job was patient, he saw the end of God's uh, uh, mercy. He, he was able to see God restore him. He was able to see God, but instead of throwing in the towel, instead of cursing God and giving up and surrendering and, and wagging his finger at God and, and acting like God didn't love him anymore, he said, I will not let go of my integrity. I won't let go of what got me to the good place just because now I'm in a bad place. There's another day coming, and the Lord, my Redeemer, He's going to stand on the earth, and I'm going to see him myself, uh, not another. I'm going to see the Lord. That's who I'm going to see. And, and if the Lord, if he decided to kill me today, I still trust him. I believe in him. And so uh, he's telling the saints, he said, you've heard of the patience of Job. And so we started thinking of Job's story. How did Job get through this? And look at what God did because Job held on. So it's the patience of Job. Well, where does patience come from? Romans 5 will tell you where patience comes from. Romans 5, 3 through 5. Not only so, but we, look here, we glory. That's them foolish people, them crazy Jesus freak people. We glory in tribulations because we know that tribulation is awful as it sounds and as awful as it is, and nobody wants to go through it, it works patience. And then patience, experience, and then experience, hope. And hope maketh not a shame, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. So we, we, it's, it's a reaction. we get a reaction from the Spirit, the Holy Ghost shed abroad in our hearts, and, and uh, we get this hope. hope. Hope's the great, great, I've said this before, hope is the great grandchild of tribulation. That's, if, you, if you were to do it like a, a lineage, it's tribulation, patience, experience, and hope. And, uh, you know, and everybody loves them grandbabies, the great grandbabies. They say, they say you love them grandbabies, you know. So I don't know, but here I'll find out in a little while. But um, this hope doesn't make you ashamed. You don't have to, you don't have to drop your head because you've got faith in God. Because you trust him, you you don't have to let nobody feel you bad, make you feel bad because you're not uh, sitting in sackcloth and ashes, just because something terrible happened. You know, there's nothing wrong with continuing your walk with God just because you had a tragedy. It doesn't make you unkind or uncaring. You just trust the Lord. You can serve God through tears and weeping and, and, and in heartache and pain. You can be distraught and still lift your voice and praise God. Uh, friend, if you don't think that I have preached sometimes with a broken heart, I have. I've preached when I've been sick. I've preached when I've been afraid. I've preached when I was unsure. I've preached when I've been confused. I have preached with every emotion swirling around in my brain, but it didn't make me want to stop living for God or doing what God called me to do. And man, on them days where, where all those other things were going on, it didn't even affect what God did because uh, I wouldn't let it because I knew that God had something better. And this is not the end. And so I'm just in the middle of it. It's not the end. I'm just in the middle of it. And so where does patience? So Job had patience. Where does patience come from? Well, tribulation. Job, that wasn't the first trouble that Job had ever seen. It's just the first trouble we read about. 
Job knew he could trust God. He had experience. We don't read about the experience. We just see this happening. And so then we understand maybe a little better when we back up in James, James 1, verses 2 through 4. Again, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall in diverse temptations. Knowing this, you know how they're always, all these guys writing, they're always saying, knowing this. Man, there are some things that children of God are supposed to know. It's either being confident of this or knowing this. All the time they're telling the saints because they expect, you should know this. I know you're going through it. You ain't the Lone Ranger, man. Come on, everybody's going through these things. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work. So you can be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. But if you bail out, you miss the end of the work. So now we, you know, when you put all these scriptures about patience together with Job, you've heard of the patience of Job. Where does patience come from? It comes from tribulation. And now uh, he just said patience. Let patience have her perfect work. One writer said, in your patience, you possess your soul. That's your eternal life. Well, there's another day coming. That's why we have to be patient in tribulation. Because we know there's another day coming. This is not the end. And then that's what he said. You heard about Job. Now, look, did you see what the Lord did? You see the end of the Lord, what he did, how he worked it out. And man, the, the Job that we read about in Job chapter 42, what a life. Blessed him way more than he'd ever could imagine. And, and more children and, and friends and loved ones come and comforted him and gathered. You know, he, he sees generations of kids. I mean, here's, here's old Job. You know, people that were just born maybe, you know, or young growing up see Job. They have no idea what happened decades ago. They don't know, Job, how'd you get so strong in your faith? Oh, let me tell you. No way. You lost everything, and you still trusted God? Yeah, that's why you see where I am today. And that's how, that's how we get through. In our patience, we possess our souls. Let patience have her perfect or entire work. Don't bail out in the middle of it. It's perfect in two senses. That number one, whatever God's doing, bringing that patience, it will be perfect without flaw, and it will be complete. God does a perfect work, and Job would not let the days of trouble corrupt the perfect work that was being done in him. He wouldn't let the worst of days compromise the great day that he knew was coming. There's another day coming, and look, there's nothing. For us today, nothing more important uh, for us to remember than the Lord's coming. There's another day coming. We need to, in, in, in the midst of our bad day, worst day, longest day, tragic day, whatever kind of day, there is another day coming. And that's what uh, we've got to always keep that in our mind. Jesus said you need to make sure you watch so that this day does not come on you unaware. You don't want to be caught up in the things of this world or, or, or being unfaithful or have turned your back. You know, you decide to, you know, you're upset about something, so you decide to walk off that day, and then the trumpet sounds. Oh, what a tragedy. You know, because 
You know, there's people that have already left this world. They, they, they've gone on to eternity that were unsaved. And so for decades, thousands of years even, you know. But what about those people that are going to miss it by day? That's, you, you, we never think about that, do we? You know, we always talk about the trumpet's going to sound and we're out of here. Blah, blah. But what about the people that the day before God came back, they turned around and went another direction? Maybe hours before the trumpet sounds, maybe hours before that sky splits open, they, they're just so frustrated, they turn their back on God, and, and all of a sudden they realize all these people are gone. And they realize, what a, how, how could you even live? I don't even know that you could. But I, I, I don't want to ever forget, no matter how it, we get shook, the Bible says everything that can be shaken will be shaken in the end. And there's, there's, there, there are uh, times coming on this earth, you know, perilous times are, are upon us and evil men and seducers will wax worse. This, this world is not, uh, even in the midst, there's revival in the midst of trouble. But it doesn't mean that the world's getting better. It just means that God's doing a work in the midst of all the chaos, wars, and earthquakes, and famines, and pestilence, and things that are going on. He's still gathering a bride. And so uh, that's one thing that lets us know there's still another day coming. This ain't the end. God's still saving people. People still being filled with the Holy Ghost, still being baptized in Jesus' name. People are still getting their lives right with God. And so we know God's still doing a work. But there's still missiles flying. There's still murders happening. You know, there's still tragedies, earthquakes, and thousands upon thousands dying in, in, in all kind of disasters. It, it's still happening. You know, while that earthquake was happening over there in, uh, in Turkey, where all the people, it was just terrible. All the, the thousands upon thousands of lives being lost. And in the middle of all that, people taking their last breath, people were coming to the Lord. God's doing a work. We can't let our worst day cheat us out of that great day we've got to hold on to God Peter Peter wrote it like this to the church second Peter 3 and, and 10 he said but the day see there's another day coming the day of the Lord will come it's going to happen but it's going to come like a thief in the night the heavens will pass away with great noise the elements will melt with fervent heat the earth also and the works that are in the earth will be burned up Seeing then that all these things be dissolved. Now he's, he directs it to an examination to us. What manner of persons ought we to be in all holy conversation or behavior and godliness? How, how should we be acting seeing the day of the Lord is getting closer? Things are getting worse. Things are, are happening. But what kind of people should we be? We should be looking for and hasting until the coming of the day of God. There's another day coming wherein the heavens will be on fire, shall be dissolved, the elements shall melt with fervent heat. It's going to happen. And so he said the kind of people we ought to be are the kind of people that are looking for our Savior. We're looking for the Lord to come. We're not letting anything get us off the mark. We are watching. We are watching. You know, uh, when uh, Elijah was about to be taken up, and he, he told Elisha, he said, you just... Ask me whatever. He said, what do you want? And he said, well, I want a double portion of your spirit. Well, that's a hard thing that you've asked, but it's not impossible. It's just hard. You know why? Because you're human. 
and you're so upset the fact that I'm about to leave this place that uh, he said, so here's the deal, Elisha. If you see me when I go up, you can have it. In other words, you can't take your eyes off of me. I know you're grief-stricken. I know you don't want me to go. I know you love me. I love you. We've been through a lot, and you've seen a lot, and I've taught you a lot, and you're going to be a great man of God, and there's a lot of things, but you don't want to think about that. You just don't want me to go, but it's going to happen. Here comes a chariot, busts between them, takes them up, but it said, and Elisha saw it. You can't let your emotions get your eyes off of what's important. And Elijah said, you, he said, it don't matter. He said, you can be with me, but if you don't see it, if you're not watching, if you're not paying attention, uh, you're going to miss it. You're going to turn around. If you, you go down to the creek to get a drink and leave me for a while. And you come back, I'm going to be gone. And you missed it. He said, so don't let your, your heartache, don't let your emotions, don't let all the things that are going on uh, inside of you today stop you from getting what, is promised to you, and see, so there's a promise for us, and so when that chariot it said it divided them, it come in, and Elijah's taking off, and he's watching it, and he's, you know, my father, my father, you know, and he's there, he goes, and here comes that mantle, and he picks it up, and he begins his ministry, and he got what he asked for because he saw it. And that's what, you know, what manner of person ought we to be? We're looking for. And hasten until the coming of the day of God. I know there's another day coming. Oh, yeah, but you, you're right in the middle of a trial, sure. God's still coming. God's not going to delay a day while I get myself right. Man, he's coming back. He, that, he knows that day. That day's set. And it's, I mean, it is counting down. And it's not going to stop or slow up or anything just because I'm having a tough time. I've got to get it right in my mind and in my heart that there's another day coming, and I've got to be ready for that day. So uh, I've said this before, and, and uh, I think it bears saying again, because oftentimes when people, when you are steadfast, people think you're a robot. You ain't got no feelings. You ain't got no emotions. You're just a robot, man. You just don't, you just... No, one writer said, I've set my face like a flint. I, you know, my, one writer said, my heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. And, and uh, you know, you can be, stay faithful to God, and that doesn't mean you're uncaring. But nothing is more important than my walk with God. And so I'm not going to get sideways over things and let my emotions just overtake me. It's just not going to happen. It doesn't mean I'm not affected by it, but I'm not going to be infected by it. I'm not going to, when you get infected, that's when you get sick. And I'm not going to let something get me spiritually sick to where I missed the day of the Lord. And so you can be uh, thick-skinned without being hard-hearted. That's, that's, that's a trick. But, but you, and being thick-skinned doesn't mean you're, you're, you have a, a hard heart. It just means, man, there, when you realize there ain't nothing worth me losing out for. You know, well, well, so I mean, just let it roll off your back or don't sweat the small stuff. Well, everything compared to eternity is small stuff. <laughs> everything, everything uh, compared to eternity. That's why 
the writer said, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment. Oh, it, it, you know, it's an affliction, and, and, and people will be like, how dare you belittle my trial by calling it a light affliction. Uh, I know how heavy it feels, but in the comparison of eternity and that eternal weight of glory, it's just a light affliction. <laughs> it, it won't mean nothing. It won't mean nothing when you hear him say, well done. Man, no matter how bad you got hurt here, everything will be forgotten when you hear him say, well done. Woo! Man, it won't matter who lied, who gossiped, who cheated, who stole, who hurt, who stabbed, who didn't. It, none of that won't matter at all when you hear Jesus go, well done. Good and faithful servant. I'm glad you held on. I'm glad you knew there was another day coming. I'm glad that you didn't lose it in that day. So, you know, the theme that we need to remember right here, what Peter's writing about is that no matter what is going on in the world, we cannot forget that there's another day coming. He said in this same chapter, he said, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise. He, he's coming back. He, he's going to come back. So we can't forget that. And when we live with that knowledge or knowing this, then happy are we. That's where you get peace that passes understanding. That's where you get joy unspeakable and full of glory. It, it may be unspeakable, and sometimes it's not understandable. <laughs> we can't understand sometimes how I can still smile through these tears, but we, we can. And, and people around us think we're nuts. These people, they're on something. They're, they, they must, you know, somebody's been... Uh, you know, sampling the goods or something, man, because there ain't no way you should be happy right now. You know, you, you drink a little Irish coffee or something, you know what's going on? You know, uh, no, I, I've got the joy of the Lord is my strength. That's what the Scripture says, the joy of the Lord, the joy that God gives. That's why Jesus said, I'm going to leave, but I'm going to leave peace, not like the world gives peace, but I'm, my peace. See, the world finds peace in things and in emotions and things. Like that. That's where they find their peace. But the peace that comes from him is in the eternal. And so he said, I'm going to give you a peace uh, that, that it'll pass understanding and it'll keep you through things that you never, that, the only way you'll be able to do the thing, you'll we're going to do the things that Jesus did and greater things. Well, let's, let's think about a lot of things he did. You know, oh, he walked on water, he fed multitudes, he healed the sick. Oh, yeah, and uh, they um, drug him out of the city to throw him off a hill. Uh, they mocked him, they cursed him, they beat him, they uh, whipped him, they uh, killed him. You know, uh, he was weary sometimes, he was tired, he, he was alone a lot of times. Oh, I, I didn't think about it. I would be doing those things. Yeah, see, sometimes it's those things. Uh, that uh, if 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 he went through everything I went through, uh, the Bible says he was tempted in all points as we are. Well, guess what? We'll be tempted in all points as he was. He had to endure temptation. He had to endure uh, his own people in his own hometown. Couldn't do many miracles because they didn't believe who he was. And he had to be despised and rejected of men and, and uh, you know, acquainted with sorrow. So, oh, I didn't think about it. I, I just think about walking on water, Pastor. I'm just waiting on that day he tells me to walk across my swimming pool, you know. Well, it ain't going to happen. 
But you may find yourself uh, praying and weeping until your sweat becomes like great drops of blood. Yeah, that might happen. You might find yourself staring into a cup saying, Lord, if it's possible, let this thing get by me. Just let something else happen. But the Lord might say, no, you're going to have to drink it. This is your cup. And so, but you can do it because the Lord will be with you. Y'all, you can come on to the music. Now I'm getting ready to wind, wind down. So um, there's another day. In Revelation chapter 7, speaking of that, that day of the Lord and, and remembering there's other days. And, man, eternity's coming. And in Revelation chapter 7, it's where John saw the people with all nations, kindreds, tongues. It was a number that no man could number, and they were holding uh, palms in their hands, had white robes on. They were singing, and one of the elders asked John, said, well, who are these people? In verse 13, he said, what are these that are arrayed in white robes, and whence came they? Where'd they come from? Where did all these people in white robes, where did they come from? I said unto him, sir, you know and he said to me, these are they which came out of, he didn't say great churches, organizations, peaceful valleys. He said, these are they that came out of great tribulation. And they have washed their robes, and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore are they before the throne of God, they serve him day and night in his temple. And he that sitteth on the throne will dwell among them. They'll hunger no more, neither thirst any more, neither shall sun light on them, nor any heat. For the Lamb, which is in the midst of the throne, shall feed them, lead them unto living fountains of water, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. Well, there's another day coming. But I was thinking about that. He said they came out of great tribulation. So if I apply that word great, to the scripture we read in Romans, it would mean great tribulation would work great patience. And great patience, great experience, and great experience, great hope. And, and uh, that coming out of great tribulation, that'll get you a white robe and a palm in your hand. I preached years ago one time, read from those scriptures, and I, it says John saw the multitude. He could see them. He could see them enough to know they were different kindreds and people and close enough to hear them, different tongues. I said, I wonder, did John see you? Or did John see me? Was my face in the crowd? Well, if I'll come out of that tribulation, that means you got to go through it. You don't back out of it. You go through it. That's how you come out of great tribulation. You don't turn your back and run from it. You'll walk through it. There is another day coming. And then he saw, sums it up again in Revelation 21 and 4. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. There shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. There is another day coming. So don't, don't let the days of light affliction cause you to forget the days of eternal glory. There's another day coming. That's how we, that's how we live our life. That's the kind of people we're supposed to be looking for 
that other day. So that's, that's why Job could say, Behold, happy is the man that God corrects, and happy is the man that the Lord chastens, and because he knew that his Redeemer was alive and well, and that he would stand on the latter day.